For the record, I had an incredible career. For five years, I loved my career because I felt lucky to be there. I knew that I was fortunate. But then the last year I realized I felt more passionate about my blog than I did it with my career. And while I, I had a few clients that made me feel like, okay, it's not as much money as I make, but I think I can figure this out. And for me, it's more about feeling good with myself and my life and the choices I make and not letting my present identity control that too much like allowing myself to shift identities. And if it's an entrepreneur today, great. If it's an artist tomorrow, even better. I'm not attached, well, we all are to a certain degree, but I'm not so attached that I'm afraid to let it go. And that entrepreneurship kind of came out more as a result. Welcome to Latinx in Power, a podcast hosted by Thaisa Fernandes. Welcome to Latinx in Power. Today we are talking with Melissa Rodriguez. Melissa is the founder and digital marketing director at Social Media Relations and the president at Mel Rodriguez, an advertising agency based in LA. She has a Bachelor of Science in Corporate Finance and Accounting and Global Perspectives. I'm so excited with this conversation. Welcome. Me too, me too. Thank you so much, Daisa, for having me. Incredible. In this episode, the focus will be on Melissa's personal journey in digital marketing, as well as her insights and expertise in the field. You'll learn how Melissa helps business identify key performance indicators and generate targeted traffic using digital marketing tactics. Very exciting, really, really good topic. I'm so happy. Usually the question that I like to ask first is, what does it mean to be a Latina for you? I love this question so much because I know that being a Latina has changed my world's perspective in so many ways. And for me, it's the foundation of growing up in a household that speaks Spanish first. It's the arroz, habichuela, y guandules, y carne, y ensalada, y repollo. It's the food. It's the bachata. It's the dancing in the living room. It's the family that always gets together and is yelling at each other because they can't hear each other. <laughs> it's the essence of who I am. And it's, and it's something Sometimes it's really strong and dominant, and sometimes it's really quiet and submissive in how I show up. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Yeah, I really like your description. And when you were saying about the food and people, the music, and we screaming at each other because we can't hear, probably because we are in different parts of the house, right? You're like, what? And the person like just repeats. I love that. And I also love this closeness that I don't know sometimes I feel it's different right from maybe other cultures like this very intensive closeness that sometimes is for the good sometimes it's too much <laughs> definitely definitely I mean I used to think that everybody was this close to their family until I have other friends with different backgrounds and um like family is not in their top values it's not one of their key factors in their lives and I couldn't believe that because I was like this is all I know and I now I understand it's just that Some people are raised differently. It's a family. It's just a function. It's not really uh, full of attachment and love. Like you said, it can be good and it can also be detrimental. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. 
sometimes people say, oh, I talk with my mom a lot. We talk every week. And I was like, what? I talk with my mom every day. Yeah, every day. Are you kidding me? If I go two days without talking to my mom, she thinks that I fell off the face of the earth. I'm the worst daughter in the world. And how could I even think of it? Like, it's the worst. Totally, totally. It's so cute. My mom usually, she's very conscious of the time zone. But I say to her, my phone is like on silent. I'm not going to see it if I'm sleeping or like whatever. But she checks every day if I open WhatsApp. And then if she sees, oh, she woke up and then she was send me a message. Oh, that's very considerate of her. Whereas my mom will send me a message at three in the morning every single day in five different places in WhatsApp and Messenger. I mean, if she finds Instagram DMs, she'll probably send it to me there too. <laughs> and she'll do it every day, by the way. So some days I forget to respond to the text and I feel really guilty because it's been like three days of good mornings of no response. And I'm like, oh my God. And they all call me in different, like, social media platforms oh my god <laughs> that, that's amazing and melissa can you tell us how everything started well how everything started for my business is a little bit different because I worked in corporate finance and accounting. I worked in public accounting, Ernst & Young, after college. So my background is actually in corporate business. I went to business school. Although I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I just didn't know how because I didn't have any examples of that in my life. And so starting in corporate was the right path for me. But I moved to LA, I think after five or six years of working in corporate. And when I came to LA, I had a lot more space for my family. You know, they live in Boston and I now being 3000 miles away, I was able to start to think and think about what do I want to do with my life? Is this what I'm happy with? And that's when I really started to unlock my creativity in a way, which I believe is the path to everybody's destiny is creativity. And so the more I unlocked that, I started a blog and that blog led me to feel, to see the opportunities in social media and led me to see what trends are happening in the world and how the world with technology is shifting. And I got a couple clients. My first client was 100% free and I had no idea what I was doing. So it was a total disaster. And that allowed me to learn a lot too from that level of failure and that level of, you know, failure is a great lesson because you never want to repeat that feeling again. And so from there, I felt confident to get more clients and I quit my job and I went all in into my business. I started first with just all markets. And then I got a great coach who gave me good guidance. And then I went into Hispanic marketing, which is now really my bread and butter is Hispanic marketing, helping brands connect with the Hispanic consumer. And that's what I do now. That's incredible. And I think like, especially now in the US context, brands need to learn how to connect with the Hispanic and Latinx market because a lot of times they are not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. And how was this process for you that you're like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur? Like, why? You always have this sparkle or someone inspired you? How was this process? I now know that I'm a very courageous person. And I believe that courage is a really important element in our psyche and who we are, human nature. And so for me, it's not that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was that I always allowed myself to listen. And so when I was in my career, I was committed to going all the way. But 
I knew that if for some reason it didn't feel right at any point that I would have the courage to walk away. And when it started to feel like a drag, when work really started to feel like it was sucking the life out of me, which by the way, for the record, I had an incredible career. For five years, I loved my career because I felt lucky to be there. I knew that I was fortunate. But then the last year I realized I felt more passionate about my blog than I did it with my career. And while I I had a few clients that made me feel like, okay, it's not as much money as I make, but I think I can figure this out. And for me, it's more about feeling good with myself and my life and the choices I make and not letting my present identity control that too much. Like allowing myself to shift identities. And if it's an entrepreneur today, great. If it's an artist tomorrow, even better. I'm not attached. Well, we all are to a certain degree, but I'm not so attached that I'm afraid to let it go. And that entrepreneurship kind of came out more as a result of where I was in my life and knowing that something had to change. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And we can also like different things, right? I think sometimes people assume that they might have this mindset very black and white. Like if it is not this one, it's that one. But no, it can be two different things. You can like love to work in corporate, but now you decide to be an entrepreneur. You're really happy in both scenarios. Not like one is best than the other. It's just maybe what you're doing now is more aligned to your goals in the present moment, or maybe you change. I don't know. I like this idea like challenging this black and white sense because it's not like that and it seems that your passion for digital marketing it started with your blog so what was this blog about ah I love my blog it was called adventure self and then it had all these categories like adventure mind adventure body adventure heart adventure soul yourself And it was a project of love with my best friends in Boston because I missed them when I moved to California and I wanted to stay connected to them. And so we started this blog where we would all write articles around these different buckets. And that forced me to learn SEO. It forced me to learn how to drive traffic to a website, how to build a social media page to promote the blogs. And so that labor of love really was what opened my eyes to digital marketing. Incredible. I want to dive a little bit deeper in terms of like what advice you could give to folks who want to get into digital marketing. And you kind of like started to answer this question already. And I love hobbies. I have like personal projects. And I think this is another great example that you can start doing something by yourself and you're going to learn a lot of different skills. And I think also doing the job interviews is something that you can talk about. You can definitely, and you should talk about your personal projects too, because it shows a lot about you, your skills. And I don't know, I remember when I started to interview here in US when I moved And I always have different personal projects. I have a blog as well. And when I started, I just like mentioned it. And they started to ask a lot of questions. And I remember being very surprised because I was like, oh my God, they are very interested about my personal projects. And I think it shows a lot about you because you are willing to use your personal time to create something that you believe you're learning a new skill. So I think it's, I don't know. I feel that sometimes we underestimate the power of personal projects. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Personal projects are so telling of a person's character. You know, at the end of the day, like what I'm seeing and realizing is that a lot of people waste a lot of time 
We allow TV to distract us. We allow going out to distract us. And so it is admirable when somebody chooses to sacrifice something like TV or watching social media all day to actually create something. To me, that is the most beautiful gift that you can give the world to sacrifice your own short-term pleasure for a long-term contribution to the world that they can benefit from. Unfortunately, that's only like 1% of the world. Unfortunately, 99% of the world is really comfortable watching TV, social media, consuming social media all day because they don't want to create. They just want to stay in their comfort zone. And that's okay if they're happy. It's the ones that are unhappy that have to shift something. Yeah, absolutely. And if someone really wants to get into digital marketing, what do you think they should start doing? Is creating a blog or like, what would you say to this person? As far as digital marketing goes, I would probably say, ask why first. Why do you want to go into digital marketing? What is your objective and what is the desired end result? Too many people go into something without knowing what they want to get out of it. And I can give you the 10 different ways you can start digital marketing and they all 10 will be correct depending on your why and what you want to get out of it. So It's just for me, it's it's senseless to do too much. I think it's important to be intentional and like just focus on the activities that drive the result you want. That might include one element of digital marketing. It might include one element of organic marketing and traditional marketing. I think that the results you're going to get, they're an indicator of the recipe you should use. So if you have an example, for example, so an element for a blog is search engine optimization. So if I were you, I would spend a lot of time understanding search engine optimization. How do I rank my blog so that it shows up on search engines? That's what that means, by the way, is shorthand for SEO. And then another element I would ask myself is if I want to drive traffic, if I want to get new readers, how do I increase my collaborations with other traffic sites that have high traffic? And so I would make a list of all of the sites that I think would be interesting collaborations that I could add value to, that they could add value to me. And I would reach out to them and I would connect with that community. Again, depending on what you want, if you want brand partnership deals, then I would make a list of the brand partnerships you want to work with and I would get their contact and I would reach out to them and I would pitch it. So those are three different ways that you can leverage digital marketing to accomplish similar results. But as you can see, it's going to be a different end result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And I like that you mentioned the why first. I think the why is very important because... It also forces us to stop because sometimes you're like, oh, I need to create a blog. Let's create a blog. And then you create a blog, but you don't think that much like why. And focusing on the why forces you to stop and really think about why you want to get out of all of those. And maybe it's not a blog. Maybe it's something else, right? Yeah. I think intention is what I feel is the most powerful in anything. Ask yourself, what is my intention with this project? why and what do I want to get out of it? Whether it's me just releasing and word vomiting myself and just getting my diary out there, that's one intention. But if my intention is to reach a million humans, that's a completely different intention. So intention will dictate your outcome most of the time. Incredible. And what motivates you to continue working every day? 
no, I'm not motivated every day. <laughs> I'm, not motivated. <laughs> I'm just not like, it's the truth. I literally love having days where I do nothing. And then I have one day when I can't stop working. And for me, it's understanding the way I work and what motivates the days that I do work is I just feel like a creator. I don't even feel like it's work anymore. I just want to create. I want to create more than I consume. So some days I consume a lot and I feel heavy and I feel dragged. But the days that I create, I light up. I feel light. I feel inspired. I feel fulfilled. So what motivates me is that feeling like that I get when I'm creating. Yeah. And it makes all this sense because you need a lot of energy to create, which means that you need to rest too. So I love that you brought the sense of like days you don't do anything you just consume because we need rest. And I feel as Latinx, we underestimate that maybe because we are just so used to hustle all the time or seeing our family with the sense, I can't rest. I need to be doing something every day all the time mm -hmm. and learning how to rest it's very important too I agree with you and that took me a long time to learn because I used to put everybody else before me and that's a very Latinx symptom of ours is this martyr concept where we have to sacrifice ourselves for the greater good of what I don't know because at the end of the day like if we sacrifice ourselves and we have nothing else to give and so I had to shift that in a major way and say if I don't put myself first I can't contribute. I can't give. I can't support. And that allowed me to feel okay with resting a little bit more. I still struggle with that sometimes too. Yeah. And if we don't take care of ourselves, we cannot help others, right? Like, so what's the point in all of us? <laughs> yeah, we got to fill our cup first, right? Yes, absolutely. How is your process when you are developing a marketing strategy for a new client? Like, how does that work usually? So we start with the goals, right? We start with what are we trying to accomplish here? What are our key performance indicators? What are we going to use for measurement? Is it sales? I'll give an example of a client that I worked with. They made construction materials, like the construction bags, tote bags, and lasers, and they sold them at Lowe's. And their goal was to drive more foot traffic to that store. And so for that, we had to think about who's their target audience? Who do we want to be purchasing these products? And we had to dive really freaking deep into their target audience. We had to really understand what is their likes? What is their dislikes? What drives them to buy these products? And what drives them to go into the store? And so from there, once we understand who we're targeting, that's the number two after you understand number one, which is your goals. So number one is goals. Number two is target audience. And then once you know that, then you're going to create the messaging. How do I speak or write words in a way that captures the attention of this audience and inspires them to try our products or to go to a store and buy our products? And then number four is a campaign. What kind of campaign can I create that will bring all this together in a way that is fun? So with this client, we did a truck giveaway. And so we did a huge sweepstake and we knew that our target audience drives trucks because they're in the construction site all the time. And so for us, what we were able to do is create a sweepstake that said, hey, if you buy a product from the store, you submit your receipt, you can enter for a chance to win a truck. 
And so that was really fun. And it allowed us to be loud. It allowed us to get our brand out there. And it allowed us to collect tens of thousands of emails from this one simple entry. And and it was really fun to get the footage as well. Incredible, incredible. I love that you brought the fun aspect of it as well. It's a life changer. I, I imagine like who won this prize and it's just like incredible. It's just really connecting with your audience. Like I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should have seen it. It was like a guy and his family in the Midwest and he won the truck. We got a whole like filming of it. And you're right. Like it makes it real. He drives around with that truck now every day of his life. And I'm sure he feels so much support and loyalty for the brand as a result. Incredible, incredible. So in this podcast, we're all about sharing, sharing stories, journeys, tips, advice. And also I like to add some resources that helped in my guest journey. So do you have anything you want to share with us in terms of like resources? You know, there's so many resources that are free. I believe that YouTube is such a great platform that's still underutilized to watch content and to learn any topic you want, really. I think that it depends on what you want to learn. If you want to start a business, watch more YouTube videos. I would probably say focusing on a high income skill is key in life. And so I would say, think about what kind of problem you like to solve because Life is full of problems, so we might as well pick the one we want to focus on. <laughs> and uh, what kind of skill is required to solve that problem? And look up everything you can, any resource, any teacher. I know I love people like Alex Hermosi. I love people like Gary Vee in the marketing world. I love consuming the professionals that I feel like have accomplished something. Cody Sanchez does a really great boring business YouTube channel as well in terms of how to start a boring business and make money, meaning like laundry mats or vending machines. And so it's just a matter of what problem do you want to solve in the world? And as a result, what skill do you need to acquire to solve it? I love that. We are going to link to the description of this episode, all the resources that you mentioned. Melissa, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm going to leave the last minutes for you to share anything you want to share and also where people can find you. Well, Thaisa, thank you so much for anyone that's listening to this that is stuck and doesn't know what their next move is in their business or if they feel like they need to get a career change or They just feel like they know they want to start a business, but they don't know how and they don't know where to begin. I do offer one-on-one -on -one VIP sessions and I also offer them in group sessions. And so if there's any entrepreneurs here that feel called for that and want guidance from someone who's already built a seven-figure company herself, knows a couple of things in terms of the startup world. I would love to connect with you. You can find me on LinkedIn, Melissa Rodriguez. Or Instagram is Melissa R. Inc. And you can also just shoot me an email at melissa at smrelations.com. And I'm sure you will link all of that. So you don't have to worry about it. And it's been a pleasure. Thaisa, thank you so much for creating this space for Latinx to come together and share their experiences. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much.